0: Da, 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 da. You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy! Are you serious? Play, dude. Yeah,
1: It's showtime. We are back for yet another prolific hour of the Mad About Movies podcast. Yeah, prolific. I said it. Tonight's going to be one of those nights that you're going to want to remember because we're talking about. Rachel McAdams. Yeah, there's going to be some time travel element of some kind in tonight's episode. <laughs> if you find the Easter egg, you win the prize—the uh, Faberge Easter egg, I should say. See what I did? Nice. There?
2: See, nice. That's yeah. professional broadcasting I, right I, there. I,
1: I agree, and uh, <laughs> that's why I get paid such a little amount. Well, welcome again to Mad About Movies. I'm Kent. I'm joined by Richard and Brian, and hey, um, 2018 is here we're talking about 2018 movies again. We're fully past uh, 2017 now, but not until we talk about the Oscar ceremony <laughs> and the fallout from it. So we're going to spend the next 10 or 15 minutes before we talk game night, which we're all excited about, talk some comedy, talk some Bateman, talk some time travel, and uh, it's going to be a good time. But um yeah, some, some fallout from the Oscars, some kind of post-Oscars... Uh, headlines that we need to kind of discuss. Really, it's it's weird. It seems like it's it's almost like everyone in Hollywood the day after the Oscars is hungover or something, and then not a lot of movie news gets released that day uh, for some reason. Uh, but they take the day off, so the new movie news that we do have um, is related to the Oscars. And Richard has some an interesting yeah. interesting note. Well, to share. there is a there was a um,
0: there <laughs> there was. Have you guys heard of Donald Trump? You I'm aware? unfamiliar. He was the apprentice guy. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. He was the apprentice, apprentice guy.
0: He also did, uh, he was in Home Alone 2.
2: Yeah. That's where I know him from.
0: Yeah. And then Little Rascals stuff. as well. Uh, yeah. I didn't. The, that I vodka kinda, brand
1: guy? Yeah. He had the <laughs> vodka
0: brand. And then he had those steaks that I used to yeah. always have sent to you. Did those <laughs> stop. But um, apparently, and I, people talk about us living in our little like Hollywood nerd bubble or whatever but I, apparently he's the president. Wow. And shocked. I know. And I thought I thought it was I thought the president this whole time was Donald Trump Jr. Mm. who I'm a huge fan of but apparently it's <laughs> it's senior. So I didn't know. But anyway, he tweeted today uh 14 hours ago, lowest rated Oscars in history, all caps. Uh problem is we don't have stars anymore except your president and then he adds parenthetically just kidding of course um so i mean obviously the the politics or whatever the narrative of that the president of the united states is tweeting about these things aside we weren't this is not the podcast to there's literally millions of other podcasts that will probably parse that <laughs> out for you uh but our thing is that he brings up a compelling point here that the 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 um the ratings are low and i don't think he's necessarily wrong um with his his uh if there's one thing Donald Trump knows and obsesses over it's t.v. ratings like this is how he interprets the world um and so this is an interesting uh st- story i mean live events are down kind of on the whole major events are down on the whole but i do think if you look at this it's not a particularly star-studded uh, ceremony. It's a it's a night that really rewarded character actors um, and movies like Shape of Water that were modest successes. So uh, is that? Do you guys think that that's why the the ratings were down? If there were some some bigger names in this, would would that uh, would that uh, have been in a bigger rating? Or do you think maybe it was Kimmel and you know a lot of the country not agreeing with his sort of more political nature this year? Or uh, do you think that just these? shows are doomed in general in terms of what what things once were brian what do you think about what's your uh is it a mixture or is it a mixture of-
2: yeah yeah i think it's i would i would say it's a mix of all that i'm sure there's a segment that's just i'm not gonna watch anything kimmel does and and maybe there's a segment that is just maybe there's a segment that's just out on sea creature sex um i mean prudes but Regardless, yeah twenty first twenty eighteen. Jeez. Um let's live a little guys. Uh but I think your Shape of Water actually was a pretty I, I think I saw that that was like the fifth highest grossing best picture winner of, of recent memory. So I mean it's not like it's not like the movies were completely unseen, but they're you're you're spot on with the lack of of uh star power. Uh there wasn't I don't know that any I, I don't know that like I don't know, like middle America mass audiences really know who or care about who Sam Rockwall is and uh, yeah. who uh, even Francis McDormand and and maybe even Gary Oldman to some extent. So I, Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's everything. And, I mean, but think honest- about it.
0: He's the like fifth lead in every Dark Knight movie. I mean, we love Gary Oldman <laughs> right. because we care about this kind of stuff. But like uh, he's not a movie star and hasn't been since maybe the 90s, you know, to a right. to your average yeah. viewing Populous, you know, all these people are like actors, actors. It was the mm-hmm. actors, actors, or mm-hmm. podcast host actors awards. Francis McDormand, who we all think is one of the great living actresses, Gary Oldman, who Brian has made the case and we can certainly support it, is maybe the greatest living actor. And uh, Sam Rockwell has probably been the most underappreciated actor of some time. And who won supporting it? Oh, and Alison Janney, and another Janney. character yeah. actress yeah. Is, mm-hmm. who's like the fourth lead in everything. So yeah. that's a thing, I would think.
2: Yeah, that's got to be part of it. But it, you you started off with the right way. It, like, ratings are down for everything. Live TV ratings are brutal for, for everything. And, and I don't know. Like, I, I also do, super do not want to get political because I super don't like politics. But, you know, the, there were all these claims that, like, the NFL is a great case study of, like, well, NFL ratings are down this year, and it's because uh, people are boycotting the uh, – the taking a knee sort of thing. And then, uh, but then ratings are also really, really, really way down for NASCAR. And that, w- w- what's the excuse? You know what I mean? Like those yeah. things, um, I, there's not yeah, a whole lot well, of taking a, a knee me. at NASCAR event. So it, I'm not, just saying, there's no like,
0: stars in NASCAR. Anymore. I mean, as someone who's <laughs> sure. sort of not, I'm not a NASCAR fan, but it's like, I used to know, uh, there's more on that, right? That's always an interesting narrative too. I think, and Kent can talk about that uh, a bit with, with hockey. Um, I think people in masses certainly, and I'll, I'll tie this back in the movies. But people, when you lose your kind of um your your main audience, so hockey and in ESPN split ten years ago or so, and hockey has become less and less financially viable because that it's still got a great core fanship, but it's not. It's not like it once was when you saw highlights ever – because ESPN kind of was spiteful and was like, well, we're not going to show – since you're not going to – since you're going to go with NBC Sports, we're no longer going to broadcast your highlights and we're just going to have only Barry Melrose. We're going to fire all of our hockey writers and screw you, right? And so uh, hockey becomes a little bit more – of a niche sport, right? Same thing happened with NASCAR. NASCAR went to Fox almost exclusively after ESPN spent 10 years really promoting that sport. And now you don't see NASCAR day to day. What what happens in that is you still have your court people that are fans of your sport. They don't leave, but you do lose your stars. We used to all know Jeff Gordon and, and, dale Hart jr and now that once those guys are gone there's no new ge- generation to really fill them and i think there's something with with the oscars too when you go too far down the indie route the only really big popcorn two movies um are get out that was nominated for a lot but again no stars in that i mean bradley whitford before that movie mm-hmm. comes out is probably the biggest star in it maybe kathleen keener and then you have dunkirk which is an ensemble and so uh you're really count there's always one or two movies a year that are that kind of anchor the star power. It's like we give all the little awardsy movies of the year. They come out in the winter and then we'll have one kind of summer movie in there. That's got some big names on it. And they'll really anchor our o- Oscars in tor- terms of ratings. And this year, both those kind of anchor big movies that made a lot of money didn't really have stars. So I think it, that that's a, a little stars matter when it comes to mm-hmm. ratings, you know, mm-hmm. you know me, I'm a star guy. So I be- I bank on every Tom Cruise movie and sometimes I win and sometimes I lose. But like, you know that that stuff does matter maybe less and less but it still does and i think that's got to be the biggest reason sure
1: i think and, i think it's a i think it's a combination of of a few things uh you know things are going more mobile so you know a lot of people are Getting their news via Twitter, things like that. Oh wow, cool! You know, Francis McDormand won. Cool, saw it on Instagram, whatever it is. You know, that that is becoming more and more of a thing every year. It's real. You know, people are going less to their browsers, less to their TVs, and more mobile. So you have to factor that in for percentage. You're right. Uh, this this year was just noticeably absent of the Clooney, the Pitts, the cruises. You know, even I don't even think Hanks was there. If he was, they didn't show him. Yeah, um, I think he must be doing
0: that. Mr. Rogers movie or something, right? He's got to be doing something.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, not it. Not to say that the people that didn't watch knew that George Clooney wasn't going to be there, so that's why they didn't watch. That you know, I don't know if if they knew that, but that that did probably come into play. Is just that this year, you're right, didn't have us, didn't have the star power. It was it was kind of a down year. I felt like in terms of the Oscar powery movies, while the movies were good. They weren't. There was depth, but no right, all stars. Right. There were, mm-hmm. there were good. It felt like it, it was a. It was a season of of up and comers, of newcomers. It was. It was like here's what Hollywood is going to be like in a few years. Here's here's why we should have hope in what movies are going to be like in for the next decade. Right. It didn't feel like we're clinging on to the past. Oh, I mean, Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks were were nominated in a movie. I mean, it just kind of says what the The generation now is of movies any other year that movie probably would have swept the Oscars with Spielberg and everything, you know, it just, the fact that it didn't win is kind of awesome in a way that, uh, you know, that Hollywood can reward a movie like the shape of water. That's got amphibian lovemaking in it. I mean, that's, that sounds ridiculous, but, um, I think it's kind of really awesome that the Academy is opening their eyes into more of that type of stuff. And, um, you know maybe the the generation of Tom Cruise and Pitts and Clooneys are are is over maybe we have seen the changing of the guard maybe we, the torch has been passed in a way uh so to speak um, maybe the the biggest storyline going into the Oscars was probably Jordan Peel, maybe, and his audience right. is is uh you know millennial dudes that watch Kean Peel. Essentially, right, and that an show was fans. very
0: successful, but like, right, but it doesn't bring, but on Comedy Central, you know what I mean? It'd be right. like, right, just if Jordan Klepper made an Oscar winning movie in a couple <laughs> years, it'd be like, yeah, that show, The Resistance or whatever it's called, was that? Yeah. P- people watch that, I mean, Keen Peel was bigger than that, but it's not like. I mean it's not like Steve Carell coming off The Office or something that had a much bigger – or Matt LeBlanc all of a sudden Mm -hmm. is nominated for Best Director. and People are like, I love Joey. It's not that large of an audience.
1: Exactly. And it's a horror movie again. He will. That was a a more niche thing thing than uh, most of uh, of the Best Picture nominees. So, yeah, it's a combination of things. I don't think it's alarming. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's up slightly next year just because there's maybe a more approachable movie that's nominated – like, we, we used the example uh, in the Oscars episode, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to, we did do a uh, post-game show on that. We talked about all the awards, if you want our in-depth thoughts, and haven't listened to that yet. But, um, yeah, we, we talked about Titanic. You know, there's a movie like that that is nominated for 15 awards, and everyone just wants to tune in and see if Titanic's going to sweep and, and – uh there are movies like that every now and then that, that draw the, years, the masses' win. attention. Sometimes they win. Sometimes people are just curious and they they'll tune exactly. in and, and and it's got that drama factor, that reality TV uh, factor to it that you want to kind of see the train totally. wreck if anything else. So
0: yeah, or just like oh, they're, that means that so and so is going to be at the movies. You know, it's like or at the award shows, and I'll watch because I want to see them or. Or that it just feels like a bigger event when there's stars. Like you're right, Kent. Like every ten years or so, that those awards, Avatar, Titanic, those things really mm-hmm. um, creep up and win a lot of awards. Uh, but some years they're just nominated for everything and lose every single one. But it means that you know, A-list or X is going to be sitting in the front row, cl- you know, clapping. You know, and that always helps. Uh, makes the show feel mm-hmm. more essential. Um, but when it's just You know, like we all, Meryl Streep's great, but when she's like the front row center and she's like the queen of the Oscars, um, she's, she is an incredible actress, but she's not like you could throw her in Transformers seven and that would change the audience at all. (laughs) I don't, you know, she's not like, that's a whole different thing. But if like, if Jumanji had been nominated for like six technical awards and best director and the rock is in the front row, I guarantee these ratings would be higher. That's just how that works. Um, but
2: it was.
1: In Star, him, Wars, or Star, Wars, yeah. Yeah. Star Wars, Wars or something, or Star Wars, Wonder Woman something, Wonder, Wonder Woman. woman. Yeah, well,
2: Wonder well, Woman's the one. If Wonder there. Woman had been der- well, if if she Wonder Woman there, had though. been nominated for Best Picture, I would just based on the people, like the the people in my real life, I would bet you that the ratings would be up by ten or twelve percent from what they you were think so? down. Yeah, I do. I I cannot tell you how many people that I've talked to you over the last month. Who were genuinely pissed that Wonder Woman was not nominated for Best well, Picture? Well, it, it must okay. not have gotten enough votes. Sorry, didn't get well, nominated. No, and look, I, it's it, <laughs> to me, I, I agree with you. I hundred percent agree with you. But that that was the movie as much as apparently as much as any other movie of 2017 that kind of captured the like the cultural. Uh, relevance and the, like the perception that this is what a really good movie is, and I, me and my family loved this movie. And that, wait, yeah. that's not nominated for you know, and and it yeah.
0: <laughs> and it came out in like May or April, not her, fi- or June it was or whatever. It was. it
2: was a very good movie that had, I mean, it was yeah, fine. Wonder Woman would have been yeah. like. I just don't know. I don't know if Gal Gadot is a star. I mean, Wonder Woman is definitely a star. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I mean, the property you know, on if her, her next yeah.
0: if her next property really launches, that's how you can really tell. But I just think, yeah, if the rock or I'm trying to think who's I'm just you know McConaughey was there, um, but, yeah, like you said, Brad or Clooney or you know Matt Damon was there last year, um Julia Roberts certainly I think still puts you know if wonder had there we go, if Wonder had been nominated for a lot of things, and there's Julia Roberts in the front row, like that stuff matters in ratings, um, and that just didn't happen this year, and and like I said, the stuff that was like Wonder Woman, like your Dunkirk's in Get Out of the Worlds, those are totally valid nominations and more so, we would say, than Wonder Woman. Um, however, they, none of them, you know, Tom Hardy's in Dunkirk for like 11 and a half minutes. It's not, yeah, it's not like a Tom Hardy movie. And even he's not even that big of a star. But mm-hmm. um, if Get Out starred uh, Denzel Washington, which yeah. seems super racist of me to say, but I'm just saying, let's just say it was Denzel Washington. <laughs> Uh, that's a bigger deal. Even though he mm-hmm. was there for Roma J Israel, it's like that feels like more of an event, and we're going to see Denzel. If Denzel wins this mm-hmm. Oscar, yeah. it's it's a different yeah. thing.
2: Uh, you know, it doesn't help either that this is kind of like a a perfect storm of you know yeah, the Me Too movement might have Me people too are just plus, kind of yes, I don't know if Me they too, just
1: didn't want to tune in for a political Oscars too. You're yes, right, Me, Me Too, too of plus the
2: current the current political climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah makes it to where and i'm not like a stick to sports kind of guy at all like i feel like if you have a platform you should use your platform for whatever you want to say but it it can become <laughs> if you know going in that like man every joke is going to be about <laughs> totally. or you expect every joke especially to be about like the third award show yeah or trump it's going to be weinstein or trump weinstein or trump and i i'm just that it, it is exhausting even from a standpoint of like i am <laughs> pro me too and and whatever politically it's it's I I can understand the the idea of like I'm just not going to watch cuz I just don't want to I don't want to deal with it. And the, and the joke
0: yeah. of it is I thought Kimmel did a very good job not beating that over the head.
2: I agree. I totally agree. Yeah.
0: But you're right. The perception going in is what defies the ratings, right? It's not like people can pop in halfway.
2: Mhm. Yeah.
0: I mean, they can, but it's not going to matter.
1: Uh that <laughs> is that is exactly right. So, um man, some some crazy stuff coming out of the Oscars. You know, Robert Lopez, double EGOT for him. Who won uh, best wow. original best original song for "Remember Me," also won for "Let It Go," and so he's got two Grammys, three Tonys, two, uh, three Emmys, and two Oscars. Crazy, so double double EGOT for uh, the goat. EGOT, EGOT. Bobby Lopez. Uh,
0: so I don't know if you saw. There was a joke online about can't uh, you appreciate this? Especially who was it that won? Oh, Kobe. Um, it was his. He's the first. There's a lot of EGOTS but he's the first LMFAO. <laughs> and it's it's um Larry O'Brien Larry O'Brien Trophy is the L for the um the uh, uh that's the NBA championship. Um, M he's the he's been the MVP. F is oh gosh I'm gonna I I'll it's, have red, to look this. it's red. It's red foo. Yeah, F yeah. is the one I'm not thinking of. There is an F in the well.
1: LMFAO, right? It's <laughs> no, I'm going. And <laughs> right then a right, a all-star
0: Blue. game MVP, and then O, Oscar winner. Whatever the F is, I'll have, to, I'll have to figure what out that is, but he's the first ever LMFAO. First
2: team all-NBA. That's what first I'm team all-NBA. No yeah,
0: there you go. That's right. There you go. So he's Larry O'Brien trophy, regular season MVP, first team all-NBA, all-star MVP, and Oscar. He's the first ever LMFAO. So congratulations yeah. to Kobe and your dear yeah. friend, uh, Redfoo.
2: The F has gotta be finals MVP. That's that makes more sense than first team. I NBA. bet that's it. Yeah. I bet it is. It's finals MVP. That's exactly what it is. There we go. So teamwork.
0: We'll see. So I mean LeBron's gotta win an Oscar now. He's the only person that maybe could
2: <laughs> ah, but, you know, Jordan comes what? back or for Dirk. Space Jam and Dirk's good. Dirk yeah, could, yeah like Dirk. Like Mike do it. too. Yeah. Like <laughs> Mike too, Dirk's <laughs> Just a powerful supporting actor performance. Yeah.
0: They need to yeah. they need to When Christoph Waltz was his dad. And you
1: find that out, it's beautiful. They need to somehow find a way to honor Muggsy Bogues' performance at Space Jam, though. I mean, <laughs> well, I do every one day. One of the best, yeah, one of the best performances in a animated movie. He does that sideways, sideways confused face. Yeah. When he cocks
0: his head and the sideways face, it's
2: true. Five, be- Five foot three. Five foot three. I the For like 15 years. That what a hero. Say. We okay. don't talk about this enough. We do. 5 foot 3.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not just NBA short. That's short for a dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: That's borderline you get like college money for being too short. <laughs> like it's, it's really close. Yeah.
1: Um a couple movie news bits before we move on and talk uh, our movie of the week this week. Uh Marvel has pushed The Avengers Age of Ultron war for infinity war for Ultron
2: back dawn of the rise. Dawn of the, the, the rise of the Ultron. The I thought they the pushed infinity. it. For, oh, the, the second
1: one, the, cause the new no, one's coming out early. The new right? one,
2: new one comes out early. Yeah. To, oh, okay.
1: The, it, it, pushing it forward, I guess, technically, um, to, uh, April 27th as opposed to may. And that has pushed the rocks rampage movie. Uh, that has moved now to April 13th. Because giving it a little more padding between Avengers, between Ready Player One and that and Avengers. They wanted a little more, a little more padding. So we're gonna get uh now Rampage moves from April twentieth to April thirteenth, and now if Infinity War will come April twenty seventh, which officially all of the biggest summer movies are coming out before May. So that's good. I don't so we had this conversation last year and what does this does the summer movie uh, season exist anymore? Uh, the fact that this happened kind of proves that it doesn't. And uh, the 4th of July slate looks pretty bare this year as well. And uh, that always kind of defines the summer movie season two. So um, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Stop moving release dates. It's driving me insane. Like I can't, I've, I, just my organized brain. I have this whole year basically mapped out for like here's the general time frame of what we're gonna do each episode, and it, it's messing with me. I don't, I don't like it. Stop moving movies. This, it's way too late in the game to be moving release dates like that. I'm, I'm unhappy about it. I mean, yeah. I get to see it earlier. That's cool. But gosh, I don't understand what's happening with this year. I cannot, I cannot ever remember a year. Maybe since like the the strike year where everything or the I guess the it was really like the year or two years after the strike year when it like caught up to Hollywood, but gosh, it, I don't I don't understand what's happening. Just every day I feel like we're getting a new release date for one of these movies. Absolutely. Well, um let's
1: kick off our conversation uh talking game night with a little bit of trailer talk. Because these are I'm gonna talk about the trailers that I saw when uh, I screened Game Night oh, yeah. uh, this past weekend. Uh, some trailers that we haven't talked about, some movies that I had no idea were coming out. I wanted to uh, hear if you guys had seen them or what your thoughts on, or what your thoughts were on them. Um, so we can start out with one that's uh, going to get things kicked off in a really fun way. Have you seen the trailer for Life of the Party? Story no. Melissa McCarthy? I'm not yeah. not familiar with her work, but have you heard of her, Brian
2: Richard? <laughs> yes, uh, Paul Blart, the female yeah. Paul Blart. Um, yeah,
1: is she in that? Yeah,
2: <laughs> no it's quote. it's pronounced should, Melissa
1: Mac- but... <laughs> McCarthy. <laughs> no, she um she it, most people would know her from Sean Spicer impressions on SNL. I think <laughs> that's what she's best known for uh, in recent years. Uh, yeah. I guess I, I don't know how involved she is in the writing or directing of this, but have you guys seen the trailer?
2: It's directed by her husband. Okay. So the, I don't know what the director the writing.
1: Tammy and
0: everything.
2: She yeah. does one of these every couple years with her. Yeah. With her I, that's
0: what I thought. I thought that's what they she was doing. In now. A pool of
1: money and good it was dinner. exclusively just her and her husband hanging out, making movies, <laughs> which is fine. I guess. Sure. I just don't know if there's a, a demand. I don't know how long her bit, um, well, last, I, I'm anxious to see her comedic game shift uh, towards a more timeless, uh, sustainable um, genre of comedy, I guess.
2: Yeah. It was a hit in my theater. That's all I can really comment on. There was loud laughing and people were just uproarious. So over... the, the movie is She Goes
1: to College? That's the movie? Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine like i just <laughs> it's
1: it's uh just...
2: <laughs> it's it, it wears this the convert the melissa mccarthy conversation wears me up because I this has Razzies written all over comedian. it for next year oh yeah she's a very talented comedian i like her I, I i really like her we get crap sometimes for just bashing on her and i i think she's i i really like her i think she's funny i don't think any of the stuff that she does is funny and yeah that, most that is true movies yeah, we root for her but that's then my she does
1: life at the party and we're just okay yeah. well we rooted for you and yeah. you did this and we can't yeah. anymore speaking of <laughs> um did you see this trailer for i guess i should just call it blockers <laughs> yeah starring yeah, american treasure candidate john cena
2: <laughs> yeah and leslie mann uh-huh yes. yeah, yeah I've, I've seen that uh-huh yeah it's good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sense of humor about oneself is strong. There, though. Like really is with the, you're going to do uh beer bong uh, in a movie. John Cena did it the right way. That's sense think, of humor.
2: Yeah. That, I feel like that, only, one, yeah, that one, Yeah, that one has a much Cena better chance movies. of being funny. Like actually funny to me. I feel like
1: yeah. it's because it's so outlandish and it's John Cena.
0: Yeah. And Kate Cannon is a interesting, I mean, she's like the pitch perfect writer. Mm. so she's made i like the first pitch perfect it's fine so like she's at least has some pedigree of making decent stuff and like i like hannibal burris and i like leslie mann and mm. ike baron holtz is the best part of those awful uh neighbors. movies i hate yeah neighbors so
2: <laughs> i mean zach efron's so angry right now oh. i know
0: i love I you know i'm, I'm an efron guy but i'm still yeah. waiting on it and then cena is my favorite supporting comedic <laughs> actor i'm not kidding <laughs> yeah I know, like, we do the joking wrestling bit, really independent of that. Every time he shows up in a supporting role in a movie, I laugh. He's the best part of Trainwreck, in my opinion. You can have, best, part yeah. best part of Sisters, too. Best part of Sisters. You guys can keep LeBron and Armand and Sotomayor. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I ride with Cena all day. I mean, the only problem is I can't see him,
1: is the issue. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's,
2: it's an incredible acting performance. It's just a hat I mean. floating. It's a it's, it's <laughs> <with> neon sweatbands <laughs> and a towel you got to give him a lot of credit to be able to pull off what he's... The, the comedic timing to pull those jokes off uh, while invisible is unbelievable, really. It is. Impressive. Well, excited for that one. Uh, another trailer
1: I saw in the screening for Game Night was coming out on 420. And Super <laughs> Troopers 2? This is getting a wide theatrical release. I, I thought this was a Kickstarter, yeah. like a side project thing. I didn't know this was a... This is a real movie coming out.
0: We've never talked about this. Um, When did Super Troopers come out? Like, middle... Like, early 2000s? 2002?
1: 2003? Something like that? So, I remember everyone talking about it.
2: 2001. Okay. There
0: you go. So, I probably saw it in, like, 2003 or 2004. And I remember being a dumb high school... Dumb high school boy at that time. And uh, watching that and going, "I, I... do not understand why this is funny. Like I've always been so baffled by super troopers <laughs> always. I never yeah. thought it was funny, even at my dumbest, uh, most frat boyish. So I'm, I'm baffled by the people that, that always <laughs> quoted to me and stuff. And I'm sure people are equally baffled by my McGruber quoting. So like, sure. I get whatever. So we're each to each his own, I don't judge anyone, but I'm always like the fact that this is having a sequel is, <laughs> is just as lost on
2: me now as it would have been 15 years ago, but especially now because 15 years has passed. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I've, I don't, and I'm. I think I'm too old for Super Troopers. That may be part of it, or maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm too young, but I, did, I don't get it. I've never, I've seen that movie probably twice, and just like I, I okay, the Meow Game or whatever. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's never been, uh, it's never been my thing. But
1: it's funny sequel. It's just like, it's just, it seems so overdue. It's like, yeah, we're getting. School for Scoundrels 2. I was like, great. (laughs) Cool. There must be an audience for that somewhere. Like, it was fine. (laughs) You know? (laughs) John Heater's coming back. Great. You know, yeah. you see what he's up to. McConaughey's fulfilling the Billy Bob. Th- we couldn't get Billy Bob. Yeah. But we got McConaughey. The thing that's he's funny on, about the tour, so Super Troopers <laughs> it, is they act like they're bringing the whole gang back. Like any of them were doing anything other than waiting for <laughs> Super Troopers. To get, yeah. How did you <laughs> get Jay Chen Douglas car? Man. That's the how same you thing. You locked him down. <laughs> that's the same Gosh. thing with Will and Grace, too. It's like the whole yeah. gang's it's like nobody was <laughs> doing anything. So Megan Mullally doing cameos on Sh- Nick Offerman and yeah. things. Um, Sean Hayes
0: dropped out of Mission Apostle 6 to do Will and Grace.
2: Yeah, They had to get uh, Henry Cavill to come in and take his yeah. place.
0: Will McCormick was about to play Oscar Isaac's brother in Star Wars, but he was like, oh, well." <laughs> Or Eric McCormick, rather. Oh, we're getting Will and Grace back together. Well, excuse me. And we put in a little call to Kathleen Kennedy, because I think we know where my priorities lay. <laughs> remember that show we did a whole review on with Grace, Never Messing? What was that show? Oh, right? yeah. You remember these things. Uh, this is where you come in oh, clutch.
2: What was that called? She
0: was a cop or something. Yeah. And a, and a mom.
2: And a mom. Oh, my yeah. gosh. How does she balance yeah, it? Yeah, I know. It's unreal. Very unbelievable. I got to look that up. It was... Okay. Someone, gosh. some really sad person is screaming. The mysteries at their phone right of now. Laura, yeah, Mysteries of Laura, guys. You guys are professional podcasts. Two seasons two seasons, two seasons, two seasons, two seasons, two seasons, and her yeah, name somehow... was Lo- Detective Laura Diamond. Laura, <laughs> Laura <laughs> Diamond, Laura <laughs> <That's>, Diamond. <laughs> that is up there with Doctor Christmas, Christmas Jones. Jones. Yes, that's Doctor but Christmas
1: Jones.
0: She, well, it halfway through season two when you found out she was Dustin's sister. That's when it all clicked. <laughs> in.
1: My gosh. Okay, another thing about uh, Super Troopers too uh, seems to be heavily promoted around 4:20. Uh-huh. Don't yeah. I didn't, didn't didn't think it had anything to do with marijuana at all. Isn't it about cops? Like, there's okay. no marijuana in the trailer. I, think there, it's I a don't do remember. I don't remember though. the there being marijuana. It's not like it's Pineapple Express or Harold and Kumar. I, it, right. I guess it's you have to be high to enjoy it. That's why it's that's it's all so over like uh i guess <laughs> i i don't understand that but uh yeah super Troopers two coming out on uh 420 <laughs> get said, excited school,
0: kent said Can't school wait. for scandals too <laughs> that's might be my get, favorite joke get, ever on the show
1: billy bob thornton and john heater man just lining them up at the bottom. Tree shop. Detective
2: <laughs> Season 4, right? You know? Hey, like, did you hear they, locked down, they locked
1: down Jonah Hill for the sit or two?
0: So, pretty <laughs> fired up for that. Yeah, too. Can't, can't wait. <laughs> Cannot
2: wait. Uh, another trailer
1: uh, I saw. I'll, I'll pass by this one. We've talked about it. Uh, Venom.
2: I don't know why they showed yeah. that in this one, but uh, yeah. that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad trailer. That's a bad trailer, man. <laughs> I don't know if that movie will be any good or not, but I know that trailer's bad.
1: And the last one I'll mention comes from amy schumer and it's oh i God. feel oh pretty gosh. have you seen this trailer boy oh boy it's shallow Hell to is that
0: what yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah which is desperate we need that in our lives shallow Hell to starring jason alexander <laughs> jason finally he finally gets <laughs> the girl of his dream Jeez. all right um yeah, yeah i i root for her but i don't know if i can she's her last couple stand-up specials have been pretty Ugh. bad and pretty r- bad. really rough, yeah. and I don't know what. I don't know if yeah. I can refer. I want to, but um, hopefully this proves me wrong. What was that movie, Snatched? That didn't <laughs> yeah. do very well last year. Man, watch that on an airplane.
2: Oof. Yeah, Oof. yeah. not times. great. Not great. I sold on my Schumer stock like a year ago. <laughs> like I bought Sorry. up heavily... Right after, or before Trainwreck, really. Because I was a big fan, of the stand-up. And I, I've sold out all of all of my stock.
0: I, I one time watched yeah. her on like one of those Night of Too Many Stars uh-huh. things that Jon Stewart does every few years. Go on stage and just absolutely slay for uh-huh. like seven minutes. And I was like... "Yeah." It was yeah. before Trainwreck. It was like a year before Trainwreck. And I was like, oh, and then Trainwreck comes out and you're like, okay, this is awesome. Right. And then just...
1: Oof. Yeah. You know what really hurt my opinion of her was all that joke stealing controversy. Yeah. She got some really bad, stuff. like pretty obvious joke steals. Like she'll, she go on a uh, radio show and say, Oh my gosh, have you seen Todd Berry's new special? It is so good. And then steal jokes from that same special, like in her next special, you know, uh, it's just like, there's no way she could say, I've never seen that special. Cause you went on a radio show and talked about how you love that mm-hmm. special, you know? So it's, uh, I mean, there's just a couple of, strikes down there that uh, I, you know, if this movie's great and funny and awesome, then maybe I'll have to buy buy back in on that stock. But right now, I'm uh, I'm might be guilty of uh, some insider trading for selling it. (laughs) Let me take this time before we hit shout outs and talk game night to tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. If you own a small business or if you're hiring and you just can't find the right person, You need ZipRecruiter.com. What you do is you post your job on ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter then learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there, and ZipRecruiter can help you find them. So right now, our listeners can go for free post their job at ZipRecruiter.com. That's right. Yes, for free. Post your job for free. Find the right candidate in just a day at ZipRecruiter. So go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And that's why ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Brian, let's hit those shout outs.
2: Yeah, so if you're unfamiliar, you're a first-time listener, we have a VIP club. You can go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com/vip and sign up for as little as a dollar a week to get access to uh, a bunch of cool stuff that we do including three or more throwbacks and bonus episodes that we do each month that are exclusive for our, our VIPs. So, these are our uh, our newest batch of VIPs and uh, and a couple that have been backlogged as we try to get through the uh, the big rush. From the outset, that, uh, so thanks so much to all these people for joining up and for your support and all that stuff. We've got some really cool stuff coming in March, and uh, you guys should all be looking forward to that. So big big shout-out, big thanks to the following 10 people, 10 lovely human beings. Taylor Aiken, Brian Anderson, Rafael Bucigalpo, Joe Banyard, Amy Chambers, Ross Eller, Scott Holmes... Adam Johnson, Haley Marks, and Cheryl Semenza. Hey-o. Thank you so.
1: Thank much. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, Thanks, guys. y'all, the, y'all the VIPs, and uh, enjoy your satin. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you there. Okay, guys, you ready to talk game night? Kick it. I am. Let's do it.
0: Welcome back to the shoe, ma'am, fam. We are here talking game night. Uh, first comedy, straight up comedy of the year, and probably last, right, guys? I think <laughs> right. that's how things go these days. Um, so, well, we just talked about a Melissa McCarthy movie, so that's fair. But I, I would say, it. and Super Troopers, um, and Blockers. But again, comedies is what I'm looking yeah. for here. Um, no, this was a this was an interesting movie. It kind of reminded me of a, a movie that. These don't come out uh very often, but if they do they kind of come out this time of year. There's something interesting going on with the um algorithm right and in in Hollywood where everything has to come out. every comedy has to come out like between March and may and then <laughs> and then it's superhero yeah. season, and then it's serious we're all adults here season <laughs> and then we circle yeah. back it's weird, um, right. a little bit formulaic so uh you know definitely cast that's up our alley um Mm -hmm. and these kind of this was something that i don't think it. even though we do love the cast uh were any of us excited for this at all before we saw the trailer like was this Mm -hmm. on any of your either of your radars
2: no i i look ahead you know pretty extensively and saw this just just based on cast and just based on uh director and writer and stuff i was like that Probably will be terrible and release date. You know that's probably going to be terrible until the trailer dropped and then it was like, oh, interesting. I'm 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 a little excited about this.
0: Totally. So yeah. uh, we'll uh, yeah, Kent, were you you were counting on? You had a calendar in your room. <laughs> I did. I it was marking <laughs> off the days
1: with a big red One marker with an Christmas X. Yeah. yeah, it was every morning when I woke up. Uh This is uh not a movie that I was anticipating but i was i was like you said i was curious once i saw the trailer and um it it was a it was an interesting premise i would say
0: yeah it certainly is so um yeah this was a a kind of a high concept for a comedy um there's a lot of of setup gags and all of that but on, on the whole i think you know they really kind of worked but Brian, what were your what were your general th- thoughts on it after uh, after seeing it
2: yeah look this i i love this cast um i mean you, you be hard pressed to put together a set of actors and actresses that would get me more excited for this kind of movie. I think this is the type of movie that Jason Bateman is built for. It just kind of allows him to be the most Bateman-y and uh, do a lot of pauses before jokes and stuff like that. And that's, that's what he's the best at. It's perfect. I love Rachel McAdams and I love this little uh, mini Friday night lights reunion that we had going on here with, Kyle Chandler and uh, and Jesse Plemons and mm-hmm. uh, and Lamorne Morris is really funny. It, it's it's a really funny cast, I think. And I like uh, I like John Francis Daly and and Goldstein. I think they're an interesting combo of. I don't. They're certainly not in the level of like anything they do. I am in, but they. I don't know. I feel like they're probably better than the worst of their movies, and maybe a little worse than the best of their movies. But they have kind of an interesting. Take on things, and uh, and I'm you know I'm always here for freaks and geeks alumni. Besides Linda Cardellini, uh, I'm hey. I'll, I'll always I'll ride it back for, for those people. <laughs> but uh, but Linda Cardellini knows what she did. Anyway, uh, movie as a whole, I thought the first maybe forty five minutes were really funny and it was really well done, and I enjoyed it a lot. And then the, once it gets into the more of like the I guess, the caper and the trying to uh, recover the kidnapped person and whatnot, it becomes a little less jokey and a little more action comedy, and I thought that that was done really well, too, but it's hard watching a movie like this. I guess it's hard to come out super incredibly high and positive on a movie like this when Ninety percent of the jokes are in the first thirty or or forty minutes, and then the and you you have like another hour where you're not really getting a whole lot of comedy. It's just kind of uh, the the unfolding of the plot and the concept and whatnot. And so, I didn't love it, uh, but I had a gr- I had a great time watching the movie, and I enjoy i I, I enjoyed myself quite a bit. Um, I I maybe if if I could if i could get uh these guys to go back to the drawing board a little bit and kind of pace out some of the bits and the jokes and uh kind of spread them through the course of the movie i think i probably would have been a lot higher on it it's just coming out being like man the last time i really laughed was about an hour ago and then now wow. i'm just kind of playing out the string but i enjoy- i to be fair i enjoyed the 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 caper and the and the plot uh, unfolding. I thought it was really well done, and it was funny and and it absurd and stupid, but that's fine. And and I and I enjoyed it. But anyway, overall, I I had a good experience with it. I enjoyed it a lot. I'll be happy to sit down and watch this again. Um, but I I, I wish it was a little bit better paced, just on the joke to serious ratio. So, uh, Kent, what would you think?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I I have some, uh, some. Thoughts on the comedy, too. I, I thought it was really funny. I, I, I laughed a, a lot, and it was definitely more in the first half before they really kind of figure out what's going on. I think the main sequence of the film where the guys bust in the, the house, the kidnappers, so to speak, and uh, start beating up Kyle Chandler when they're all just kind of having cheese, a cheese board is a pretty funny sequence. And mm-hmm. uh, there's some really creative use of, of imaging and some Easter eggs here and there when it comes to gaming, I thought there was some fun little homages to games and uh, s- some clever writing in terms of setups with some board games and then those board games actually played into real life events that happened throughout the film. You know later, later on. So that that was cleverly written. Uh, did they write Spider-Man: Homecoming? I know one of them, Goldstein I know, uh, did. I thought I thought both of the them did I, maybe with somebody else, so like with a third person he or did, something they like did. that. Yeah.
2: They they both got credited for that, okay. that script, I believe.
1: So Yeah. Yeah. I'm really a fan of their timing and everything. I thought the cast was, was solid and the ensemble played really well off each other. There was a couple of plot lines here and there, mainly the one with Jason Bateman and Rachel Adams trying to have a baby. I didn't Like that at all. I could have done without that. And the uh, plot line with uh, one of the couples having one of them slept with a celebrity, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. I thought, like, that does have a payoff, but I thought it was going to be a payoff that you know, like, I thought the end was going to revolve around uh, what celebrity that was or something, or that celebrity was going to save them in the end or something that it was going to have more bearing on the overall story. Rather than just be a joke that they hammered through uh, home throughout the movie, uh, which it was mm-hmm. a pretty funny reveal. But I actually read an interview with uh, John Francis Daley and said that they actually went back and shot that reveal with the uh, the Denzel double because that's what that's what the studio thought would be funny. Like there, there actually wasn't a resolution to that joke. Like there was that hmm. one there was that one meeting where she explained it and she gets all stressed out but then they don't never return to the joke later in the movie you know um, so I thought that could have maybe even used uh, a little bit better so there's some things that don't pay off some things that really do uh, like you said I had a really fun time in the theater this was a nice kind of break from the sludge of Oscar season and just the kind of serious movies we've been um, getting over the past couple months and everything and it had some funny jokes in it, some funny moments, and it kept me guessing. But it was a little ADD at times. Didn't really know if it was a comedy or an action movie or a thriller or a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that maybe could have been worked out a little bit better. But overall, I have positive, I have positive thoughts. But uh, back to you. Ray. Yeah,
0: I think – no, I think a lot of it is, is just the like – when's the last time a really great comedy came out? You know, like we're so defeated by it's like, yeah, this was good and kind of funny. And but like 10 years ago, this probably would have been like the fourth, funny, fourth or fifth funniest movie of the year. Mm. Um, and now all the co- good comedy is coming with things like, yeah, you know, uh, Get Out, which is like mostly a horror movie that's like 10% funny. Um, Lady Bird, which is mostly a drama with a little bit of comedy. It's weird that like,
2: right, yeah,
0: we don't get. You know are our, our, we're so beaten down with the uh, you know the neighbors of the world that you know really leads us to whatever but this was this was delight you know delightful for a certain amount of time uh, and then I was kind of and then I was watching the watch a lot, which is fine like I'm I, it's better than most things and and it you know going in that it's with its high concept it's gonna have a lot of tightrope walking. Um, the sentimentality seemed really forced Kent like you talked about that's what didn't fit um, the gaming narrative and the humor was fine and then when they kind of it felt like they were like it felt like studio notes it was like well they need to really love each other, and they need to be trying to have a baby. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, we'll we'll force that in. It was, and then at the end too, when you find out that they are, oh god, it's like didn't really feel like that kind of movie, but it's was very uh, studio driven, which is good that the studio was there for that because this just crushed
1: at the box office. So I'm glad <laughs> we had those notes. Um. <laughs> but uh, I thought Black Panther it, would have done well. I mean, nobody could have seen that coming. <laughs> I yeah I know it's like,
0: what you know of course Marvel. finally a, mean, Marvel, a Marvel, Marvel I mean, movie on. finally who does who well and it's that one <laughs> right Marvel who would have thought I mean Marvel <laughs> no,
1: Marvel <it's, laughs>
0: no. it's, and in Ryan Coogler too it's like you know his first good movie it happens to be with Marvel it's crazy All right um, <laughs> but uh, yeah no it's so it's. It's certainly better than neighbors, but it's a kind of a forgettable movie that I'll forget came out in, in a few years. Um, but uh, but but that's okay. I, I that's what you sometimes that's what you want from comedy. We used to have several of those a year. Now we have like one or two um, mm-hmm. that aren't that aren't. It's either like atrocious or occasional classic. We don't really have the like oh. Yeah, that's that was a decent date night kind of. That was yeah. wasn't a waste of two hours, and this is certainly uh, that. It's just so jarring because that doesn't ever happen anymore. But I'm yeah. But I am ready for a, Sarah and I are going to have date night for Super Troopers too. But let's uh, let's <laughs> dive into the uh, the plot and kind of the individual things. It was fun to see Kyle, Kyle Chandler in something like this as someone, yeah. you know, bl- Bloodline and and Friday Night Lights and things that aren't necessarily. Uh, a laugh a minute it was fun <laughs> seeing him you know at least as some kind of foil to to comedy yeah. this would you brian i know you you ride for coach so so was. oh fun? yeah look it was it fun to that see guy
2: him? he's not a uh he's not a movie star you know we don't have movie stars anymore but he has he has presence and gravitas that i very few of even like the big build actors have at this point like just him on screen is just kind of like this sight to behold like he just kind of walks into a room and i don't know he just has he has a presence that uh that a lot of that very few very few actors in in hollywood have at this point so it was super fun to see him do something that was uh different that was less emotionally charged and more just kind of showing off uh some of his his abilities and 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 range and stuff. I I feel like he is like the guy to be like he's the next great character actor. Like it's some I, not that he's not already but that we're not far from a stretch where he's in like six movies every year and he's just great in all of them. And everybody's like, man, Kyle Chandler's freaking great. And then, you know, then we're talking Oscars and stuff like that, but he's, Oh, he's, he's, I just, I love his, uh, just love his, his persona on screen. And it it was fun to see him do bits instead of making me weep like (laughs) coach Taylor and whatnot. So,
1: yeah, it's funny. The one of the, maybe the first intro I had to him was in King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong. And he plays like a nineteen twenties thirties movie star in that movie.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: that's what he looks like. I mean, he looks like if he was next standing next to John Wayne and Clark Gable, that he would give him a run for their money on who's Mm -hmm. the most handsome guy standing there. Right? Like he's a. And I like how they made some jokes about that in the movies. Like, you see my brother, the much handsomer guy that looks just like (laughs) me. You know, Uh, that was good.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. got there. There's an. I'll one more Kyle Chandler aside because I'm in love with him. But he, because you're you're totally you're spot on. Camp, and that that I think is like kind of the perception of him pre Friday Night Lights, especially was like he's just he's beautiful, and it's it's almost hard to take him seriously as like a human being because he just has this. He looks like an old timey movie star when uh, when Peter Berg was casting Friday Night Lights. He the studio or the the uh, network. Wanted Kyle Chandler for that role, and he was very hesitant, didn't want to to get him, but they just, because he was like, this is the guy from early edition? I don't, uh, that's not Greatest really what we're looking for. <laughs> and, yeah, and so, uh, but at least Peter Berg tells the story, and who, who knows if it's actually true, but they got him to meet with uh, with Kyle Chandler, and he basically met him at like a diner, and he shows up on his, I believe he showed up on on a Harley, and uh was like you know four days unshaven and looked like he hadn't slept in a week and kind of reeked of of smoke and booze and and Peter Berg is just like whoa what's happening here and he's like yeah I've uh, I've been playing poker with my buddies for three nights and I haven't slept in like seventy two hours but but I'm here and uh, I'm happy to talk to you about this show and Peter Berg just kind of on the spot looked at him and said just bring whatever you're doing here bring that to the role and it's this is exactly what I I'm look looking for yeah, don't and shower. The, Yeah. Yeah. Don't shower. Don't shave. Just kind of have this like almost unhinged look. But you can you recognize quickly it's not because you're crazy. It's just because you haven't slept because you're a I don't know, a high school coach in the middle of it's it's it worked perfectly. And and I feel like that's like kind of indicative of like what his his presence is is best in that sort of uh, setting where he's just kind of. Uh, looks like this movie. He's he's. You can tell from the outset, like he's beautiful and incredible. But there's you know there's some shady stuff going on there, and then it, it gets revealed, and it's it's just fun to see that kind of unfold. But anyway, I've gone on long enough. <laughs> now I'm mad about Kyle Chandler, and and that's you know that's fine. That's one of my side projects, but I don't need to bring you guys into that.
0: Yeah, you know, and and honestly, we really appreciate it, and we have to say <laughs> the the episodes on. Uh, one life to live, China Beach, and um, Grey's Anatomy were I thought really good. On your mad about Kyle Chandler, I appreciate it. Also, the one on um, the one on Super uh, Eight, and Falls. Yeah, yeah, Super Eight, (laughs) super good. Uh, All right, spectacular. Now he was great in that a great film.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the cup. Him, him, or the
0: cup? Who was better? That was, yeah, that was like classic, like you said, Brian. When he and the cup are in that scene together, when Miles Teller goes to visit him, and the cup is just there on the table, and you see Kyle Chandler, yeah, it's like heat, it's like heat, and the way they're trying to outdo each other, you know, the cup and and uh, and Kyle Chandler, and they both raise each other to another level. That's what's incredible.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. I
1: need to revisit that. It's one. acting without acting, really. <laughs> um, I liked also how the directors used some tilt shift photography to establish the scenes as board game style. Did you notice that when they, yeah. Uh, yeah, all the buildings looked really tiny and everything? Um, so they put some some thought into making this more than just a com a typical let's go say action and cut and call it a day. They put some thought into making this cleverly edited mm-hmm. and shot and um, yeah. I appreciated Even that. Even
2: the title sequence was really yeah. cool and fun. It yeah. was
1: eerie. Mm-hmm. It felt like you were... It felt like a kind of a combination of a, the Haunted Mansion meets Clue meets <laughs> that movie with Steve Carell and Tina Fey. What was it called? Date Night?
2: Yeah. yeah. That
1: movie? Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Just in terms mm-hmm. of tone and... uh yeah, and uh, jokes get you hyped for beats. Flashpoint, Brian?
2: No, not at all. <laughs> Next question:
1: <laughs> Is it Flashpoint starring that same Flash guy from Justice League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: Is Ezra Genius. Miller still Flash? Okay, yeah, cool. Ezra
1: Miller, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. The uh, Sheldon Cooper of the DC Extended Universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not a fan. No, and and I'm sure these guys will drop out before that movie actually gets made because that project is apparently cursed and it's got yeah, no 47. apparently
1: gary Cohn is directing it now so <laughs> oh, wow well you guys mentioned it earlier and i need to mention it too i thought jesse Plemons freaking made this movie and yeah, he's he funny. was so funny and so subtly funny and serious and the fact that he doesn't wink there's no wink to the camera at all and anything he says makes it that much more funny and yeah. the scene where they're at his door and he just backs away from the door <laughs> into the darkness was – I can't wait for this movie to come out on uh, DVD so we can get gifs of that. I'm going to use that so much. It's just backing away into the yeah. darkness gif. Uh, but Jesse Plemons, what, what can't this guy do? I mean, honestly. I he's he's great.
0: No, he's, great.
1: he's, he's really funny.
0: But uh, let's talk a little I – mean, we talked about Bateman. Was this replacement level McAdams or did she bring something to it? Brian, I know this is your girl, so were you fired yeah. up?
2: Yeah, I thought she was great. I, I love um, Rachel McAdams is my favorite. Not like my favorite necessarily actress or just No, you've said that that she's the greatest favorite. actress of all time. You've said Right. Well, of all times, really, because of her ability to time travel <laughs> and be quite the the star in both the nineteen twenties and the twenty five hundreds. But uh yeah, I, I thought I thought she was really good. She's I don't know that Rachel McAdams is like a a great comedic actress by any means, but she's she's fun and she kind of has the right she certainly has the right uh persona to, to play off of of Bateman, I think. I think she I think they fit really well for uh both the comedy side and the more like I don't know, they seem like that that seems like a real it, it's not like a Kevin James and uh young skinny girl that was in the first season of whatever that show you know what i mean like yeah. they they feel like a, oh that's a reasonable match and they they, they were having fun together and I, I thought that was pretty solid i to both of your points i did not need the subplot about not being able to have a child and and really any of the subplots i don't really I didn't really yeah. care about any no. of them but but i give him the only subplot like, that matters want is jesse clemens wants you know. to be invited to the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah.
1: that the that Kyle Chandler is a drug dealer. That was it. Uh, I thought I really liked how you never knew who was a part of the game and who was real, and that they kind of kept mm-hmm. that mystery going and played that up. Uh, that that's really where you can have some fun with writing this movie is with those reveals of who who's in on the bit and how many twists are there. You know, uh, they mm-hmm. I don't know how many twists are at the end. Three, yeah, three at the end, and um. So after the first twist, when the second twist came, I was that's 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 Richard for me. When I was like, okay, right, are we done yet? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. The first twist was good. And, it's and like credit started rolling out for the first twist, I've been like, that was fun, that was good. I love the twist at the end. That was good, good times, good laughs, and then it kind of got full of itself at the end, uh, in a way, in my opinion.
0: I I agree. I agree, and uh, forgivable. I mean, it's yeah. they're trying to they're trying to do something we different. Didn't with see it to me, that's, you didn't see that second twist coming, did you? Yeah, no. the screenwriters trying to show how clever they are, but I'll take that than than not being clever any day sure. of the week. So that's yep. cool. yeah.
2: But, and it was funny to have a little like kind of a, a meta joke about that towards the end when. When Kyle Chandler tries to pull off the and, you know, tells the the Michael C. Hall character to get up, like, and now you've learned your lesson. And then it was like, no, nah, wouldn't that be funny, though, if that was. I thought that was a funny little yeah. wink, to We've made so many twists down the stretch of this that. It's we'll, we'll kind of the, uh,
0: the Wayne's World move, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do
1: the Scooby Doo
0: ending. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like that. Okay, well, Brian, Let's take a. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Brian, go what ahead. do you. We gloss right over this, Richard. Brian, what did you think of. John Francis Daly's work in Bones from 2007 to 2014 <laughs> as Lance Sweet He should have won all the the
2: Emmys.
0: Yeah. Where does he rank on your Bones character spreadsheet?
2: Well, number 1 is boreana's, obviously and uh Is he Bones? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. Now we got it. He's Bones but also John Francis Daly is Bones. It's a <laughs> Oh my it's a bit they pull. Yeah. You wow. don't find that out until like season 12. But uh, it's I'm excited for the Bones uh,
0: (laughs) over the top streaming service, such as Bones only (laughs) to compete with Netflix and and Castle. That's it.
2: (laughs) Is Castle still on? Serious question. No, that got canceled. The girl quit. And Uh so so they had to cancel
1: it. It didn't get canceled because nobody watched it. Yeah. It was still like number one when it left. Right.
2: Yeah. she, She walked off on on contract dispute basically like i think i think that was a an equality bit because i think i imagine she was getting paid far less than nathan fillion and i think she said no let's uh let's get this right and they said well and then she said okay see you later like, she's I'll on just for the
1: next 20 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah make make plenty yeah. of money thanks yeah
0: well people know stana Katik is a tough negotiator that's it right
2: <laughs> sure uh by the way sure. he's has... on some amazon show now i have no i haven't seen it but i've seen that it exists
1: how has netflix not forked over the money for to bring firefly back yet
2: what i don't think you can i don't think whedon really wants to do it It can, if, if i'm being honest i think i think whedon likes to talk about how it's oh you know maybe someday but i think that in his heart of hearts, I don't really think he thinks it'll kill the
1: mystery story. of it all and everything. If you yeah. if you bring it back, it'll kill the, yeah. I'm, what if it, it continued discussion, you know,
2: right. Maybe, right. You, you, you get to a place where, you know, it would have been great if that show would have gotten to have a real chance and get a real run. But also there's no backlash when it got bad. Right. Because yeah, never was it i mean it's it's like it's like i always tell people thing.
0: people it's are like, always yeah exactly people always said the beatles broke up and i'm like you're glad the beatles broke up and they're like right no right and i'm like yeah. you are because there would have been some terrible
2: yeah. like synthy McCart- yeah, 1982 McCartney beatles album stuff to the to the beatles that's yeah it's it's yeah I, that's that's the thing to me with firefly i don't think they actually you're right can't like that i would imagine that that's even been broached at some point of like how much would it cost to get this done? Can we can we bring you back and have this because that's it, that is a, a a home run all the way. Like that's knock it out of the park. Easy money for Netflix, but I don't think it actually well,
0: wants. To plus, just societally, and it's not Netflix, but societally we have the Orville, so pretty much the same thing. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's uh, do. We have any more spo- spoilery thoughts, or do you guys want to get to grades? Yeah.
1: I've got some okay, go uh, I got a couple more notes I wanted to hit. I thought the uh, the when they're playing pick I don't know, it was Pictionary. Uh when the Ed, Ed Norton bit was funny, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, when yeah. they're guessing the Hulk's, that was good. All the the different girls that that one dude bro you, you dated uh, yes. was funny. That was a uh, funny bit. And when when he's like whoever wins gets the keys to my car. He's like just the keys? <laughs> I thought that was a funny. Joke. Yeah. I don't know it was yeah. super simple. Dad joke, but I laughed at that. And the mm-hmm. uh, where he was sliding the money across the table. I thought that was funny. Um, so there were a couple bits with that guy that were funny, but towards the end, I was just I had enough of him. And I liked how they worked I like I said, real board game scenarios into uh into real life. So to me, the bullet wound and bullet thing reminded me of Operation. And mm-hmm. The conveyor box thing was mousetrap. The uh, car driving, I don't know, they shot some of the car scenes to look like Grand Theft Auto in a way with the camera behind the car and a sort of a video game look. And they stand on some boxes and escape the place, and that was alluding to the Jenga scene from earlier in the movie. So I thought there were mm. some cool, fun setups and game references in there that were, uh, again— more than you had to do, and, and added a little bit of a, a little fun sure. for the fans.
2: Yeah, that's like taking it. It's not necessarily taking it too seriously, but you're adding. I always like to give credit to a director or a writer or whatever that will take the time to to go like a little above and beyond and just kind of add these extra touches that weren't necessary for the enjoyment of the movie, but kind of give you, oh, that's a fun little aside. I, I, I agree with you. I thought that was really cool. A Bateman maybe the best scene for me at least with him was when he's in the uh when he's in Jesse Plumman's bedroom with the dog and is just they, there's oh, just yeah. so much ba- Bateman pause before joke that i i think is just the funniest thing that i don't know that that has always been uh, that always uh hits the funny bone for me of just uh his that little oh and then <laughs> then the comment or then the joke or whatever and that was it was enjoyable seeing him him pull that but up sharon horgan was great too as the as the the dumb guy's new smart girlfriend or date or whatever she was really funny mm-hmm. she's great on catastrophe so it's fun to see her in a uh in a movie i've never seen i don't think i've ever seen her in a in a real a real talkie before this so it was it was fun to see her get a little run there
1: one more thing she, she was really funny catastrophe is a great show by the way
2: catastrophe is great yeah
1: before we hit grades, last thing I'll say is, can we stop using the Queen "Having a Good Time" song in movies? That's the new immigrant song for, for me, or the, <laughs> the Rolling Stones "Sympathy for the Devil." I mean, I'm, I'm tired of. I don't know how many times I've heard "Having a Good Time," "Having a Good Time" All right, in movies. It needs to. That's a trend that needs to die. I saw this great how you like article. Me now, though, you know, I saw this great like article of uh, somebody put together this. It's journalism at its absolute finest about why um we hear credence in movies about vietnam it was a very hard-hitting piece (laughs) um but the post like starts out with credence in vietnam and i was like oh god here we go and then it matthew reed shows up and you're quickly forget about anything that's gone wrong previously um but yeah very hard-hitting piece that i'll have to look up uh and tweet out but um good stuff uh, so yeah, grades, Richard. Let's do it. What you got?
0: All right, I'll go first. Uh, it's hard. It's 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 hard not to like this more, uh, just because it's such a rare kind of genre of film. But uh, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go with a solid B for this, Brian. What about you?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go a little higher. I had a really good time with it. I, like I said, I I could have used some more jokes spread out through the course, but overall, this was it's fun. It's it's not. I mean, it's smart enough without being, you know, like overly smart. Maybe there's times where the script kind of uh, goes a little further than it really needed to, but the cast is just spot on, and uh, and I so I had a great time with it, and I am I I, this is one that I'm happy to uh, to watch anytime it whatever comes on TBS or something, I'm 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 be happy to sit down and watch it. And and by the way, it will. Yeah, oh yeah, some weird edits. Yeah, this this will play FX for years uh it'll it, right like it'll be this is 40 and then game night and then they'll repeat over and over for for a day and a half but uh but uh, you know I ride or die for bateman and mcadams and Chandler. yeah so the whole thing. so I, I yeah it was fun bateman it was fun. I'll, fun i'll go b plus b plus for me can't how about nice you?
1: yeah that's what i was gonna say b plus had some really fun moments in it uh and it was overall a nice little hour and a, hour and a half in the theater it was a it was a good time, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's always a plus. Well, okay, let's uh, move on and hit those weekly recommends.
2: Weekly recommends. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I'm going to recommend two movies that uh, you may have seen because they made like $700 billion between them. But they both have come out on DVD, Blu-ray, streaming services, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, over the last couple of weeks. And they were both in my top ten last year and uh, are very, very good. And you should, if for some reason you missed them, you should check them out. It's Coco that is now out on everything and uh, Thor Ragonk came out today, actually, on disc media and i'm sure has been out on uh you know yeah whatever you could buy it, your itunes you could, it for yeah, yeah yeah but now you can rent it if you haven't seen it but you should just go buy it because it's very very good and very funny probably the i would for me was the funniest movie of last year yeah uh, hands down not even close and coco was not the funniest movie of last year but was very touching well beautiful. death Perfect. is <laughs> depends on your on your, what you're bringing to the table i guess but uh yeah they're both out they're both very good and uh you you should uh you should see them if you have and then you should listen to our respective episodes on said movies richard what's your uh what's your recommend
0: yeah so this is one's a little weird but uh i've been uh pretty much only been doing uh only been like re-watching the author off- i've been living that brian life
1: been uh mm but I'm so only watching yeah, I've been, only watching uh, Grim episodes all day. yeah <laughs> just
0: watch Grim I've been re-watching yeah. The Office a lot with Sarah. So my media intake over the last week has just been bizarre. But I'll share a book I read that I liked and it. it's for a very specific uh amount of people, but I'm very interested in in the new China. Um and so there's a WWE book by Star China. Yeah, exactly. There's a uh and there's a lot of stuff in the news now. Of, with term limits and stuff maybe going in what what uh, the government of China is is interested in. So there's a book by Evan Osnos who's a great writer and expert on China called Age of Ambition: Chasing Fortune, Truth and Faith in the New China. It came out a few years ago, but I just read it a week or two ago and I loved it. I thought it was really important and uh, you know we live in this kind of global world now and that's probably the major player in it and it you know not just in movies but in, in all of life. So if you're interested in that, which might be three of you, uh, I recommend it to you. Kent, what about you?
1: Yeah, I'm going to recommend a TV show that I've uh, been revisiting over the past couple of weeks. Uh, just uh, we're all, on around the house. So I'll watch it in the morning, watch it when I go to sleep, uh, re- revisiting it, and really like it. Um, it's coming back for a special this year, I believe, in May, and excited for that. Uh, Flight of the Concords, uh, season oh, nice. one and season two. I'm yeah. a really Love big fan show. of it. Uh, season well, one hi. is. Maybe as classic of comedy TV as it gets, uh, love it mm. and um, available. I think on HBO Go or something. I have the DVD. Uh, there's a DVD set. There's not a Blu-ray set. I wish there was a Blu-ray. There's an HD transfer of it. But um, maybe eventually, if this new season does well or the new special does well, they'll re-release it in HD and it'd be be awesome uh, to have. So, Flight of the concords big recommend. Right. Very funny and uh, some 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 really good uh comedic television if you haven't if you haven't seen it and uh really easy watch too
2: strong yeah it's really strong yeah love it love it when uh when i this is a story that no one cares about but when i was when i first met my uh my now wife she made a a mix cd which was a thing probably for some of us anyway in 2008 or whatever and uh, it had a flight of the Concord song on it, and I was like, "Okay, I know this. This is it. This is good to go. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: like, you got, to, I'm in, yeah." To
0: it was weird reckon. that it was business time, though.
2: Yeah, well, she was just letting me know, you know. <laughs> what to expect, but, uh, no, that's, that's
1: uh, come on and shake your body with me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, <please. laughs> All right, that I think that Barbie future. the Racist Dragon" might be their best song, however. Just oh yeah,
0: off. that's an original. I remember watching that in high school. Because I was yeah. a
2: weird kid. They did an <laughs> yeah. HBO
0: half hour. Remember those? Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, and they had an HBO half hour, and they did that. And I thought it was super funny.
2: I saw them early on Conan, like long before the show, and that yeah. was my introduction to them, and it was quite enjoyable.
0: I remember right. they did this. Uh, they came here. and I. Was, you're, this is probably like 2008. Peak Concords, right? That's when the show was on? Yeah. yeah. I go by. Yeah. I measure time in ex-girlfriends because I remember who I went to the concert with. <laughs> So it was 2008-ish. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, The tree it's, rings of time exactly, measured by COVID. Exactly. And uh, they came here and their big joke running through the show all night was how many... Uh, uh, how many condom stores there were in Dallas and how cleverly they were named. And they were <laughs> obsessed with this and they kept talking about condom it. Condom sense. Uh, That's a real one. Condom <laughs> sense. They're like, yeah, no, like a lot of puns with your condom stores. You know, and it was so funny. They kept going all night. Um, so, and you know, co- they, we have one here called condoms to go, which you would hope so. I mean, I, I, you know, in-house gonna use it there it's, it's yeah there. yeah yeah it's weird um so anyway without going too far into that it's a very very funny uh night of comedy but the funniest part of this and this will only be funny to you two and maybe a few others um I, at that show i literally the, the girl i would date i think at the time or some of her friends bought the tickets like no and we were at the old uh uh nokia slash verizon whatever it is and uh i go to our seats and <laughs> And this sort of creature comes towards me, <laughs> limping, and he sits down, and I look to my right. It was Norm Hitzkis. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I just sat and watched Fly the Concords with Norm Hitzkis, and uh, and it was very uncomfortable. And it was before, some... I mean, I had a smartphone, but it wasn't like an iPhone. Yeah. I didn't want
2: to like, take pictures. That wasn't yeah. a thing. But Did he yeah. offer you a pastrami sandwich? Or... <laughs> no,
0: but we did, I did have some pickled
1: asparagus with it. <laughs> wow good times Fly to the concords check them out if you haven't already well this has been fun good comedy talk and good oscars wrap up and thank you at home for joining us if you want more we're talking in bruce this week on the vip yeah so good fun talk it was a really good time (laughs) and i'm excited for the vips to be able to hear that and uh wear their satin proudly as always well <laughs> as all um where can we find you brian online
2: you can find me on the twitter at bgill 12 you can find my writing at mad about movies and the mad about movies podcast newsletter which drops next week richard yeah. where can we find you
0: in all those same places except my social media is uh at richard barton i'm on the snapchat uh rarely but i'm on instagram and twitter all the time hit me up on any of those and uh And I'll send you a creepy picture (laughs) back. No, I don't know. No, but tweet me or whatever that, and uh, that's all good. Kent, where can
1: I find you? Find me online at Kent Garrison on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. Follow along at MadAboutMovies on Twitter as well. And leave us five stars and hit subscribe if you like what you hear. Tell a friend. That helps grow the show. And uh, next week we'll be back, and we're talking Tomb Raider, I believe, next week. So get excited for some Tomb Raider talk. Got a week to do it, so okay. Yeah. All right. I'll work on <laughs> Until then, um, I think Wrinkle in Time is coming out too, maybe yeah, like that. Yeah, I think
2: Wrinkle in Times next week and Tomb Raider the week after. Oh, okay. Uh, that's what
1: so it, it is. So I have two weeks to get excited yeah. for Tomb well, Raider. I know, yeah. I know I'm watching the the throwback one this week, so that's why I, uh, my mind is all messed up. So I guess I'll have to read A Wrinkle in Time in the next 24 <laughs> hours too, so... I can't wait for that. But we're uh, okay. playing
2: all the Tomb Raider games as we speak. So we're just getting ready to go. It's got to be, I'm a completist, you know. Got to be got to be sure.
1: <laughs> got to do it. All right. <laughs> where it sounds. Make what you call? <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next week in this cinema. Hey, Goodbye. baby, I hear Hi. the blues are calling. Toss salads
0: and scrambled
1: eggs. And maybe I
0: seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and, and scrambled, scrambled eggs. eggs.
1: They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face.
0: They're making me ya-ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.